Welcome back to all our listeners. And today, I have here with me an author, a pastor, and a business and program management consultant. And I'm talking about Mr. James Bryan. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing good. And I'm very excited um, to have a good, fun, and informative conversation with you. Oh, this is going to be great. I'm excited also. Yes, me too. And first, before I ask any question, can you tell us a little bit something about you? Sure, not a problem. So, you know, as you mentioned, I am a author, a pastor, and a business consultant. But first, I'm a child of God. I'm a husband. I'm a father. And so I'm one of those types of person that you just see on the street, everyday person. But I am love to talk about these topics about Jesus. I like to talk about just practical living. I like to talk about, you know, how to apply biblical truths to just life. And, and so when I have these opportunities, for me, it's a great thing. It's just to share some simple truths. And, and that way people can digest it and be able to use it because that's what's important. Yes, thank you. And speaking with what you just have mentioned with us earlier, can you tell us when, when was your first encounter with Jesus? Oh, this goes back a little way. So I'm a little more than 20 years old, jokingly. Um, but see, my experience started really young, right? And let me just take a minute and tell you about that story. So, you know, my, my family pretty much went to church, but we kind of went and were active. But my experience with him became personal. So around the age of about seven-ish at that time is when my first encounter personally uh, with Jesus came about because I felt this longing. And way back then, they used to have these during prime time, especially during holidays, cartoons or things that would be about Easter or those types and this particular one, I remember it clearly. At the end, they did an altar call at the end of this. And they basically said, if any, if any of you kids or anyone watching feels like coming to Jesus, and all of a sudden I felt this pull. And it was such a strong pull that even at that age, I started tearing up. And I can remember in my room, I was just like, Lord Jesus, I want you. I surrender. And I repeated the sinner's prayer, all that stuff. And I, it was so heartfelt. And that was the beginning of my journey. And so for me, he at that moment, I felt the, the filling of voids that even a seven-year-old had, right? And I could just, it was almost like his presence was there, arms wrapped around me. And I remember that. So that was my first encounter and the beginning of this journey, this Christian walk that I have. That's pretty good. Yeah, so my question is, for some people that may not, know how would they find jesus how would they find god because you know some people might just live like the way it is or you know right i mean no that's that's a very good question so i remember let me give you just this one thought first before i get into it one time our church had a women's conference right and we had some guests come in and everything else and and toward the end all of a sudden this lady starts crying in the middle of this auditorium and and so she just started saying i want jesus i don't know how to find them people say i got to be saved but i can't understand what i'm supposed to do and so it was one of those things where the term about salvation and all is always used but people don't always grasp what that means first of all i would say jesus is right near you you don't have to go anywhere he's always there 
waiting for us to surrender. And so when we begin to think about it from that perspective, then what we're needing to do is just say, Jesus, I I hear you're the Savior of the world. I want to surrender. I want to find out about this Christian life. I heard that you paid the price for my sins. And most people, if they're honest with themselves, they realize that they're not perfect. They realize that they've done some things wrong, if they're honest with themselves. And then they realize that there's something missing, but they don't know what it is. They try to fill it with other things. And really the answer is Jesus is the one that, is the one that completes you, is the one that actually has already saved you and gives you a promise for a future that is not what we call temporal or really short, but it's eternal. It's something very different than we normally think about. So Jesus is very close. And what you really need to do is just surrender and call on the name of the Lord. Now, if you can't get that part around your head, then I would say, Find someone that is a a Christian, not only just in a name, but someone who really professes Jesus and talk to them. They'll walk you through that. It is very simple. Oftentimes, people try to make it so complicated. But really, he's made it. He's like right here. Arms wide open. Just come. I'm right here. And he's there beckoning all of us to come, no matter what country you came from. No matter what your height, weight, look, texture, whatever, he's right there. Thank you. That's great. And a little bit back to what you said earlier. You said you first encountered and accepted Christ when you were like seven years old, correct? That's correct. So at that time, even in a younger time, and you were like watching, what made you decide to do it? What made you decide to accept Christ as your Savior at early age? Very good questions. Um, so up until that point, I have different memories of, as a child, a, attending Sunday school, but I was just playing, running around and probably acting up and not really paying attention. Um, and so, but so for me, so a number of things happened, many of them traumatic. Um, so early on, my mom passed that when I was five, and then I ended up having some other relatives that in the you know, relative time period began to have illnesses or sickness and things like that. I relocated, my family, uh, my dad remarried, all these other things began to happen in my life. And I began to want to get to the point of, it's like, well, who really understands me or who cares enough for me? Because even though at that stage I was around people physically, I still felt alone. And all of a sudden, during this time that I mentioned to you earlier, all of a sudden I felt the warmth and the presence and the love that many people would say is indescribable of his presence there. And then at an early age, to add to that, not long after that, there was a period of time when there was a church a block and a half up from my street, I mean, from my house, that one time I asked my dad, can I just go? Because we weren't really regularly going to church. And I went there by myself. And then afterwards, I think it got to the point, I, I think he probably felt guilty that, look, my, my son just walking up the street by himself. And then he started going. And then over time, all the household members started going again. And so it was, it was something that began to multiply from it. But I felt that need and the presence that filled this void that I had 
And it was only when I called out to Jesus that I experienced that and know it. Thank you. That's great. And what did you notice? What do you think is the difference with your life being saved and not being saved? So I can talk about that for a while. Um, so there's a lot of things, right? Uh, I can talk from the obvious of knowing that I have a future that doesn't end when my last breath on earth ends. I know that I have somebody who is always there who understands me. I have someone who is, is able to be that, what we call a hedge of protection around me during every day. I have someone that encourages me even when there's certain times I don't feel like I can handle a situation. Additionally, there's, there's something about when I began to even read the Bible that begins to, I'm going to say, come alive to me much more than just reading a textbook. It also, from the standpoint about being a Christian, is that a lot of people will tell you that I am, I would say, even healed in a lot of situations. And people wonder, didn't you see what just happened? Why aren't you stressed about this and that? Because I put my foundation in somebody who I know is the one that's giving me the ability to handle these things or be able to walk through the changes in life. And so there's an assurance, a what I'm going to call a groundedness, um, that I now have as a Christian and anyone else who is called what I like to say a Christ follower, right? From that perspective, because your life, the way you view things is different. And the way that you address issues are different. And so that's kind of, it changes my whole perspective, my whole worldview. And that's what brings me joy in the morning. I can get up and I wake up and I'll say, this is the day the Lord has made. And I'm, ex and you know, you keep on talking about all that. And so it's those types of things that I can actually put into practice and just see the results. And one last thing, here's something else that's really important. And this has been proven out so many times. I can actually pray and see results come about. And so right before this, I, I got a text from a, a gentleman um, that I know. Uh, we've been praying about a certain health situation. And he was really concerned about it. And we prayed and some others prayed. And he texted me, Pastor, guess what? Great results. Praise be to God. And this worked out and this worked out. And all we could say was praise the Lord. And that's something that you get excited about. So I'll be quiet. I don't want to take up all your time talking. So. Oh, it's okay. I love listening to what you're sharing. That's pretty good. And I normally like ask this at the end. I want to ask it somewhere in the middle. For some people that are listening that haven't made that decision, what advice sh should you give them why they should accept the free, I always like to say, the free gift of salvation that Jesus offered in the cross for us in their life. Right. I, and so, first of all, um, you know, it, it's one of those things that it is a free gift. It's free to us. It wasn't free to him. He paid the price. He took it all himself. But it is a free gift to us. There are people out there that would say, I'm not sure I believe all that stuff. But here's the whole thing. You can go through and not believe, but in the end, it's still going to be true. And so why not just take the gift and believe and then begin to learn and begin to see. And the more you seek in the Bible says, you'll find them and you'll begin to realize that this is true. Let me put it in practical terms. People like to take their money and invest for a future result, but they have no idea whether their investment strategies will work. 
But this is an investment that doesn't just expire at a certain age or a time. This is an investment that actually helps you and comes to fruition for an eternity, keeps on giving, and it never ends. Any financial investment will stop at a certain period of time, or it is subject to the economy. He has an investment that he's put in us, the ability to receive him, and then he says, look, I want to give you life, and not just life, but life more abundantly. And he's not just talking about heaven, but he's also talking about how you live your life today. So you may think, or a person may think their life is perfect, but it doesn't even compare to what it is with as a child of God, as a Christian. The things that you would experience with him and through him are immeasurable. And so it's more than you can buy, more than you can earn. It is so free that you really should consider at this time. Last thing I'll say about this, and that is the reason is this gift is there for you as long as there's breath. But no one knows how long their life is on the earth. So you can't just say, I'll wait 20 years and then that. But you don't know what if you'll be here in 20 years or you don't know what 20 years holds. But he has something right here that would give you a maximum amount of life here on earth and for eternity. It's an overflowing gift that's free to us. So that's what I would say. Thank you so much. I greatly appreciate your answer. So my next question is for the new believers in Christ that just recently accepted him and became a Christian. Why is it important for them? Like, especially right now, we're still under the COVID. We're not out of it. You know, some people, I think, just get to like, oh, well, just watch it in YouTube or in the church. Why is it important for people to actually find a church that they could actually go, maybe do a few in person, a few times during the month? Why is it important they find a church? We know, as Christians, we know that church is not going to save us. It's only Jesus that will save us. But can you explain to the audience the importance of being in church? So it's extremely important. It is an expectation of a without Christ follower. I'll say that again. And let me just say, the reason why I've been doing a Christ follower lately, um, I had an encounter with someone and they, they were saying, well, I'm a Christian. I said, yeah, oh, you got saved? He says, no, my family. I was born into a Christian family, so I'm a Christian. I said, but that's not Christianity. But I don't understand. I was born as a Christian. So now I kind of clarify that for folks a bit more. So it's very important because there's a, a, um, a couple of scriptures, but one begins to talk about where Jesus is talking about taking the yoke upon him and take on his yoke because it's easy and his burden is light. There's a scripture that talks about that, meaning he'll take on your problems, but then connect with him, take on his his gifting to you and you'll be fine. But then it goes on and says, because people usually stop there. The next sentence or the next verse begins to say, and learn of me. The expectation for every Christian is to learn him. Why do you want to learn? Because then you get to know him. Why do you want to know him? Because then you begin to see who he really is and understand the truth. But you can't just assume the truth by watching TV or, well, I did my one obligation of I, I got saved, but I don't want anything else or I'm keeping it to myself because that's not what a Christian or Christ follower is. Now, 
a lot of people, whether they've gone to church a lot or not, have heard of the story of Lazarus. And so, and when Jesus told Lazarus, come forth out of the tomb, he raised him from the dead. Everybody's heard that. If you go through the pages a bit more and you begin to look at the point right before the Palm Sunday processional, it begins to talk about the people gathering. But if you read closely, it begins to say something that you can easily miss. And it says, and some people gathered because they heard about Lazarus and they wanted to see themselves. What does that say? Well, someone had to talk about the Savior who, by the way, raised a man, Lazarus, from the dead. They preached and shared their experiences. When you begin to think about being a Christian, you have to learn the truth. You have to unlearn all this other stuff you've been assuming all this time and learn what the Bible says about you and about the world and about his promises. So therefore, you have to be in a church. You have to be in assembly. In other words, it's called a holy assembly, meaning that now you are Christians together, Christ followers together, learning the truth. And the way that you learn it is coming together and then going back out and sharing what you've learned. And then you come back in and get refilled like you're, you're like a, a car needs to be refilled to go further. You need to be refilled so you can keep on going and sharing. You can't learn all of that just by watching online. Online is great. And it works really good when you don't have some place to go or you can't go or something like that. But there's something special about being together as the body of Christ. There, there are things that you can't just get virtually. Even though we do a lot of virtual things in, uh, in the ministry that I've been involved in, but there's something special about coming together physically. That's where you learn. You can ask even additional questions, and you can put it to action. And then people can help you. And that's where you meet other folks who can encourage you. Oftentimes, the Lord will use people that you're not thinking of to give you insights about different things that may be on your mind. It's the way the Lord is using people so that you as a disciple, as a follower of Christ, can now go out and spread the truth. Thank you so much. Hopefully I remember everything I'm going to comment in what you said. <laughs> yeah, I do agree because, well, first, that salvation is individual. Now, it doesn't matter, like, if your parents are saved, right. it's up to you. We all have to make our yeah. our decision with that. And just like you said, that it's almost like a relationship we have with our parents and the relationship we have with our kids or with our friends. You don't get to know them if you just know them. Like the difference with a coworker or someone you just met in the park to compare to your relationship with your parents and your kids. So... That's how we should have a relationship and spend time with Jesus as well. And yes, I also agree. It's, it's really good. It's important. Even for me, like with my kids, I make sure that, okay, I want you to know and learn an early age, being in church and, and learning about the Bible because it's very important because it's the legacy that we going to give with them. That's the best gift we can give to them is Jesus, that is right. right? That's right. And also, one more thing is I remember a friend of mine, I heard it from her, which I, and that is before I even shared the YouTube video with her of Rick Warren. I also 
heard him say that the difference with Christianity and churchianity. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> with a check mark to go to church, like, okay, and then, you know, your Sunday should be the same as your Saturday. It's yes. every day, you know, what you see is what you get. And another thing related to church that I thought of asking is, okay, some people like to go to church just to go to church, like I said. But as for me, and I know same as we do too, and I'm sure you're part of a, a lot of them too. Why is it important for Christians not to just go in and out of church on a Sunday and actually plug in in a small group? What's the importance of a small group? Why do people need to do that? Well, see, here's the thing about a small group that helps you. So it augments the teaching. On Sundays, pastors like me and others, they can preach a great message to folks. But there are questions that the hearer, the people in the, in, the, in the pews or chairs or audience would hear that they can't necessarily ask. There, you don't have that type of opportunity. In the small group, you can explore a topic even further. Additionally, there are areas that may be touched on at a larger level, but then you need to, someone one-on-one -on -one or a small group to help you get through a challenge or give you some answers or provide support, prayer, or what have you. These things are done at a large level on Sundays, but there's this close support, um, help, um, that structure that's set up in the small groups that, that benefit many. And so there's also a place where you can refine, um, depending if you really want to do more of the uh, ministry and all. And, and so there's opportunities for you to get used to just sharing the gospel to people or just taking part in this interaction with folks. You have that whole support structure that's there. Years ago, my wife and I used to do a small group, and we called it a care group. And we started it in our home, and we did it on Fridays. We should never pick Fridays, jokingly, because people don't leave. So what it is is that we did it. We started at 7. It was supposed to last till no later than 8.30 at the most. And so we started with a few folks, but then went on because people started hearing about it and coming. And it got to be so large, we tried to split it because you're only supposed to keep those groups at a certain size. But it ended up being that. There were folks that would then bring their kids because they wanted their kids to be in a good place on Friday. So we took up a family room. Then another group was in the living room and the kids were at the, uh, the basement was finished. And so there were people because they wanted to hear at the all different levels. And this was at a deeper uh, level than they could have heard on Sundays. It's that support structure that you can get in those small groups that when you're in a large setting, it's harder to do. That is true. Thank you. And also for some Christians, well, everybody have different fruits of the Spirit. And like you and I, we like to share Jesus to everyone we talk to. My question is for some other people or some other Christian, why is it important for them to share Jesus to others? It's important because... So one of the wonderful things about the way God created us is that there's uniquenesses about each of us. And all of us, we're not clones. We're, we're, we're not identical. And because he's so creative anyway, he's put different aspects in us. 
but there, there are certain people that we can be around and that will listen to us that um, others can't speak to. So there may be people that you can talk to and would receive you well, but if I went there, they would hear but not really listen. And it, it's like that when you multiply it out. And so everybody has folks that they can impact for Jesus. Now, it could be related to similar backgrounds. It could be related to similar stories or issues that they're going through. It could be economic similarities or what have you. But the thing is, each of us can reach somebody and we can always reach someone that maybe others can't. That's how we're going to the ends of the earth to spread the gospel, right? That's how the Great Commission gets filled because each of us has an ability to reach a segment or a people group with the gospel. Additionally, the way that we speak about things, so the way that I might share, oh, it is a cloudy day outside. But you might say, isn't it wonderful how lovely the clouds are and how they're coming together, the beauty? And so it's a different description of the same thing, and others would hear it differently. And so the same way about sharing the gospel, the way that you can talk about how good Jesus is to you may be slightly different, although the basic truth is the same about how I might talk about how Jesus is so good to me. And so that way, it is important for all of us to share it. The gospel itself was never intended to be for you to just keep to yourself. Never. Now, it's so important for us to realize that. When people are saved, they are saved and brought or engrafted into the family of God. Family means more than one person. You can't be in the family and be on an island and never, ever act like you're part of a family. You have to interact. And so that's what we are expected to do and to share the truth. If we were not expected, Jesus would have just um, stood on a, a global megaphone and just told everybody, here I am. But yet he decided that through us, he wants to show and share the truth. Thank you so much. That is great. Yes, speaking of what you also mentioned, you know, it's important with the body of Christ, about being in church. But why do you think it's a problem that we are facing right now? Why are some people leaving the church that they go to? So uh, that's a, there are a lot of answers to that. Um, mm -hmm. so let, that's a broad let's answer, right? <laughs> there are a lot of answers. So so I'm going to hit on different ones, and they're not necessarily in this priority order. So part of it is, like you, you talked about, you want your kids to go um, to school because you want them to have the right foundation, and you're taking them for that. People nowadays say, okay, yeah, they can get some good fundamentals, but let them choose and do what they want. There's, there's no real push for folks to understand the truth of the gospel so their value isn't there when they get older okay nor is it enforced in their families secondly sometimes in churches sometimes in general churches people like to play church more than actually be church and so there's a and so nowadays you find people that are looking for some level of authenticity but aren't able to find it all the time 
So they see people going through things, but yet they see them the next day acting totally different outside of the church building. I remember a situation where my wife and I had gone to a beach and these, <laughs> this family was there and they were using all kinds of words. I mean, worse than any sailor on any ship, they were just going at it. But then at the end of their conversation, oh yeah, I got to get to church because I got to meet Bishop this and I'm the deaconess here and I got to play this and we got to praise God together. And you, you're thinking, <laughs> right, but you, my point is, but people see that. And they said, well, wait a minute, they're no different than we are. So I don't need to be in that environment. The other thing, too, is people aren't always preaching the full gospel about what's in the word because they want the popularity. They want those things. But yet what people are getting is a watered down truth. And so whether people would agree and live the perfect life, they need to at least and expect to at least hear well, what is the truth in the word of God? What does the Bible say? So that's causing people to leave. I give you another one. And then I don't want to take up all your time, but I give you another one. And that is right now, um, a lot of Christians are having this challenge. And the challenge is they're hearing from all of what the media says about how life should be and how things should be. But that doesn't align with what they've heard some people in church say should be or what the bible's what they're seeing says and so they're having to choose and sometimes they're choosing not in the right way because they don't have the support of others that are supposedly christians to stand in that way well what if i just do what they do and every once in a while i do something nice or people say church isn't that important or or doing christian deeds isn't that important or praising god isn't that important so why should i and all of this is causing people to leave. And then, I'm sorry, one more. They're seeing scandals on TV about things happening in church. And they're seeing it, and they get the impression based on the way that it's happening through media that that's the norm. The truth is it's not the norm. But when it happens, it's blown up at such a large level, it gives a mischaracterization of what Christian life is like. So that, those are some of the reasons. Thank you. That's great. And while you're talking, I just a little follow up with that one. So like you actually answered a, a little bit of the question that I have, you know, other problems for having besides church. But there's another good question that just came into my mind. And it's, okay, so you and I, we know the true gospel. We know what is real because we have a relationship with Jesus. We actually spend time to get to know him. But for certain people that might be new, what advice should you, should you give them? Because not all of churches that you go to, not all of the building you go to, teaches to write. Because some of them are called. I myself, I'm trying to study the other religion. I'm not done studying it. The study guide that I have because... I want to learn how to defend the gospel. So how would they know which one to follow so that they don't fall going to a false prophet, a false preacher in the church? Correct. So everything starts from once you started your relationship with Jesus, deepen it. But the other thing is you have to be in a Bible preaching, Bible believing environment. It is critical. 
if you're going to one and the music's great and that's all they do and everything else, there's no substance, then you need to find some place where you can get the truth from the word of God. Okay. You have to spend time there. You have Bible teaching may not always be the most exciting thing to some people, but it will be once you listen a bit and then you get to the point, I didn't know that. Let me see some more. The Holy Spirit will begin to open up things for you and help you to understand. You need to actually look and be like what the Bible says, the Berean church. After they heard about the gospel and things, they wanted to go and see for themselves if it was true. So they searched the scriptures themselves to validate that. So you should actually, I I encourage people when I minister, now I give you scriptures and everything, then you go read it and make sure that I'm telling you the truth. You need to find that type of environment so that you can understand. There are some really good study guides that help you to actually uh, research more yourself. You may say, I've never done that before. There's some study guides out there and even software that will help you understand um, what you just read. I often tell the folks in uh, the ministry that I'm in, anyone else that will listen, is it's better to read a short number of verses and get understanding than try to be an expert in a whole book that you don't understand any of it, and you begin to take it part by part to learn. Find a small group, find Bible partner that will actually help you, and not just say, well, what do you believe it means? But use it based off some study guide that is reputable, and then even in teaching ministries, it's very good to listen there as they go through different aspects, and you go along with them to learn it. So. That's why Jesus says, learn of me. These are ways in which you are able to learn how um, he intends for us to live and the truth about the gospel. Thank you so much. I'm not taking too much of your time with all the questions that I come up with that I'm asking. I love having a conversation with you. Well, my next one is, yeah, just like you mentioned a book, and I know you actually have two books. First, before I ask you about the book, can you tell us first, being you know, I know you're so busy being a pastor and a consultant. What made you write a book? What made you write your first book or both your books? So first of all, the answer is the Lord. And he put that desire in me. That was never my intention originally. My personal, I was like, ah, I'm not trying to do that. But there were certain things that he was showing me just about people that I've come across through ministry and just the regular secular world itself. So many people that I would see, especially with the first book, that I would see that I always talk about, I'm going to do this in life, I'm going to do that. And then I would visit them later in life, and they didn't do any of it. And, you know, they talked a lot. And I think when they first mentioned it, they had this desire, truly. But they never followed through with any of it. And so now they're later in life saying, okay, one day I'll do it. And I'm one of the ones that I don't like the, what I call, woulda, shoulda, coulda. I could have or I would have, I should have done. And time goes on, it doesn't wait. So what are you doing in those time periods? How are you making it productive? So the Lord was pressing upon me. And so our ministry has been called Make Plain Jesus Ministries. Very simple. It gives us the the whole motto and direction of what it is. So anything that we do, anything that you hear me do, is really about clarifying at the simplistic level, not insulting anyone, 
but making it so clear that people understand that Jesus is right there. Here are your answers. And so what we did in this book, uh, the first one anyway, was set it up so that we can help people understand, you know, what are some of the pitfalls you're running across in achieving goals and, and aspiring in life? What are some of the simple things? And, and, and that's kind of how we begin to, and I, through the ministry-wise, always address things. Whenever I'm ministering, I try to take that mindset and just clearly get the points across. The reason why, to your earlier point, is that we are all expected to share the gospel. But how can you share if you've never heard it or you've never understood it? And the way that you become equipped is by hearing it and then studying it and then reading it and then sharing it. Yes, thank you. I agree. It's like you cannot teach how to play soccer if you know how to play tennis. You know, you have right. to know what you're talking about. And can you tell our listeners the title of the books that you have? And can you tell them a little bit what those books are? Sure, I'm glad to do that. So the first one, it's a real easy read. It's called Seven Dream Killers. Seven Dream Killers. And what we did in that particular one was the Lord was really pressing to write this book. I was struggling for years. And to give you an opportunity, I mean, an understanding, the Lord gave me this message. I preached on this topic in 2012. Okay. The book didn't come out to 2019. And so all of that time, I really didn't, I was really wrestling with the Lord, really like Jacob, right? Wrestling because I didn't really want to write the book. Um, and then finally came to the point that I finally said, okay, I'll do it. Um, and then he gave me the ability to have it written. What it deals with are seven things that I saw and that the Lord was showing me over the years that are common to most people on why they don't achieve their dreams, their goals, their aspirations in life. This book is written from the standpoint, it's a Christian standpoint, but it's written so that even if you're not a Christian, you will be able to understand these points and put them to work. Then what we did with that was we likened them or gave them this vision, if you will, of them being assassins, meaning they're purpose is really to destroy your dream and so and that's the truth about it so every aspect about this is addressing each one of them and so and it tells you the pitfalls the signs of them in your life and not only what they are but how to get rid of them and how to overcome them and so this is an easy read and it's depending on how fast you read in the hour and a half the two and a half hours you can be finished it and so it's one of those ones, but it's one of those books that you want to keep with you to keep coming back to. So that's the first one. Then there was another one that he really pressed me on. And then I didn't wait so long on that one. So this one came out about a week ago. And so this particular book is When the Holy Spirit Speaks. And so, so many people have misconceptions about the Holy Spirit, the purpose of the Holy Spirit. Is it, is, is it a it? Is it a person? Is it, you know, all that stuff. Those things are answered in that book. And so, it's around the whole idea of what's the purpose of the Holy Spirit and, 
And how do I really begin to wrap my arms around the Holy Spirit? And, and the Lord pressed me about this. And, and he said, you have to get this done now. And so we did. And so it's, both of those are available at any of your major online bookstores that you can order from that perspective. So and he, um, bookstores and Amazon, correct? Correct. Yep. And also Amazon, from- Barnes & Noble, all those major ones. That's good. Thank you. And also, one more thing for our listeners, I'm also going to put it in our description page besides the title of your books. Can you also tell our listeners the website where they could go look at your books and maybe order it from there? Well, like I said, the right now, the easiest way to do it is to go to any of like Amazon.com and the books. You could find it and look for Seven Dream Killers. And you'll find that by James Bryan. You can look for When the Holy Spirit Speaks. Uh, you'll find that James Bryan. Same thing with some of the Christian book sites also. So any of those sites you can order online. If you want to know more about the podcast and things that we do, uh, we call the podcast Make It Plain. That's Make It Plain. And you can find it in Apple um, Podcast. You can find it in Podbean. Any of the major ones there you can go and find it and then our ministry is makeplainjesus.org it's p-l-a-i-n some people try to do an airplane play but it's no it's <laughs> make plain altogether jesus.org okay thank you so much for your time and we really appreciate having you in okay well, thank you a lot i enjoyed the conversation may god bless you for what you're going to do next and to all our listeners, I hope you have learned and I'm sure you've been blessed as much as I have listening to Pastor James talk about all of these really good topics we talk about. And like we always say, we want to remind everybody to come to Jesus daily. And if you haven't made the decision, don't wait. It's time for you to accept Christ in your life. Okay, bye. And until next time. Bye. Okay. Lord today, 
Thank you. 